for the St. Lawrence Show. This week's guests are Kyle Tompkins of Red Light Pictures, Leslie Andrews from Sick Girl and the Last Halloween, guest musical performance by Nick Cave from Nick Cave. Thank you, thank you, everybody. I gotta tell you, it's Halloween coming up in just a couple days. We're gonna have a special bonus episode coming up. I'm also gonna be hosting a Halloween-themed panel next weekend at the Kamikaze Festival uh, in Los Angeles. But I'll tell you what the scariest thought is right now. Spending a full year in Los Angeles. <laughs> I am counting down the days until I get to return back to Pennsylvania because this place is literally hell on earth. The fact <laughs> that people managed to convince me to move here convinces me that I could have very easily become a Nazi in the 40s <laughs> because I will believe anything people tell me. I was told that Los Angeles is a place where everyone is happy and nice to each other Yesterday, I had a man chase down my car, banging on my window, and yelled at me for not making a left-hand turn quick enough. <laughs> Los Angeles is where people go to stop being happy with their lives and decide to make everyone else's lives absolutely miserable. It is the greatest horror story. But now, is time for an event that people love on this show. I'm excited that later on I'll get to perform with one of my musical uh, idols, Nick Cave. But first, we've got two guests coming up, and they are two excellent guests. Old-timey, tell them what the first panel is. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Skyping with the Stars! And we're back with a good friend of mine, Kyle. He is a director out in New Jersey. Kyle, thank you for coming by. Hey, man, no worries. I'm excited to be here. Now, you actually have been a boyfriend of my cousin for... Quite a while yet. I didn't even meet you until about a year and a half ago. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, and we met mostly under the circumstances of I had a really shitty movie I wanted to make and you were willing to film it. And then I put your life in danger and uh, you never came back to set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I think out of all my years of filming, that was probably the most interesting uh, shot that I've ever had to have done. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, Real swords and uh, and uh, and uh, weapons. It's, uh, <laughs> and no choreography. And no, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, where's the prop knives? They're like, oh no, we have real ones. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, the a- best part was after you shot it, you're like, that's the most dangerous thing I've ever done. And I was like, well, we need you to go into the crowd now for close-ups. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been in helicopters uh, doing film stuff. I've I've been underwater, and yet that was the. Uh, the most time where I thought my life was going to be at danger, I didn't think I was going to come out of that one alive. <laughs> uh, about, I would say, um, two, three weeks after that shoot, uh, I went to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and I was crashing in my brother's bedroom, and he was you know, getting ready to go to bed, and when he took off his shirt, he had all these scars on his back. Oh my and God. I was like, what's that from? And he goes, someone kept hitting me with a sword when we were taping that scene. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's so many people were, were uh, in danger during that time. So, but everyone but, was so like energetic and like into it. Like it is. It's a shame that we never finished that movie because even though it wouldn't have been a good movie, there's no denying that people who would have watched it would have been like, "Well, they had fun." Like, yeah, I'm so surprised. Or you got everyone's buy-in really fast. Hey, listen, guys, we're gonna give you guys real swords, and you guys are really gonna fight, and we're gonna. We're going to, you know, film it. And I was expecting people to be like, well, this challenge is dangerous. Everyone was just like, let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and then we had, well, that was cool. And actually, the following week, we did the zombie party scene, which you weren't there for. But we No, had like, I wasn't. We had like 30 or 40 people show up just to be put in makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember. Picture, I saw pictures of that. Yeah, that was a, you guys had a really awesome turnout for that. Uh, Molly, or not Molly, Holly. Holly was pissed because it took her like six hours to get everybody in that makeup, and then we maybe shot for about twenty minutes because um, <laughs> it was just this, it was you know background. So like as people would finish make getting their makeup done, we would just keep adding them into the background of scenes, and we would shoot the dialogue scenes with just like four or five people roaming around. But for like the actual point where he's entering the party, that was the only part where we needed all of them at once. So I'm sure to her, she was just like, I just spent all this time for literally a five, ten second shot. Um, but well, that's, that's it's, cinema for you. It's a great sh- It's probably my favorite shot out of all the footage. And one day I'm just going to take the footage that we shot and just throw, throw it online. Because there, there are some really, like, the shot that you got of um, Graham dressed like a rabbi just tearing <laughs> through the war zone. <laughs> is is awesome. Like it's a great shot, and it's even more interesting when you're watching it, knowing like this dude's just tearing through a group of kids who are fighting with swords with no like idea what they're doing. Like it, there's like you said, it was such a danger level throughout that entire shoot, but it made it fun. You did. You know. You know. It's a, you know. It's going to be a good a, a fun shoot when you when you hear the word uh, rabbi, real swords, and zombies all in the same sentence. Then. <laughs> This is going to be a good film. Yeah, it's going to be good. One that maybe when I move back to PA, I will finish that movie. Well, any help you need, let me know because I would love to see. I definitely want to see the shots of, of you know my near death experience. Um, <laughs> I definitely want to see how those shots came out. So now you're actually working on a on a new film that's coming out in November, correct? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, November fourth. It's coming out. Yeah, so we're really excited for it. Um, what is the film called? Uh, the film is called uh, The Descending. Um, it's a psychological thriller. Um, I had the honor to write it and direct it, uh, with, uh, Red, with, uh, Red Flight Pictures, so. Uh, now, Red, Red Flight's your company, correct, or? Yeah, Red Flight Pictures, uh, it's a, it's a company that me and, uh, two other guys, uh, co-founded a company about a year, a year ago, and we pretty much had the idea of just going out on our own and, you know, really doing what we love doing. And that's, you know, working in the film industry and, and, you know, doing these projects and, and writing our own scripts. Uh, so, you know, we went out and we, we, we sat down and we, we thought about this company and we started doing, uh, independent films. And this is actually our second feature film. Uh, we finished one up last, uh, last summer. That's hopefully coming out soon. That's kind of on hold right now, but um, and then this is actually our first feature, big feature release as a company. And uh, there's a, there's three of us in the company now, uh, both Chad and Terrell. They're my partners in it. So we've been working on this film probably about a year ago. It's, we started this last year. So wow, we've done a lot of time on this. Now that I think about it. 
Now, you actually have been doing film in shorts and stuff like that for, for quite a while, though. It's true. I started um, directing... I had the I directed my first feature film when I was uh, 16 years old. Uh, I did that um, in I shot it in Philadelphia, and I shot it while I was in high school. My I went to a performing arts high school, which was actually really awesome because I had the honor to have all these tools as resources. So we went to um, uh, our teacher at the time, and we had this idea to do a film, and and we got the approval from the school. Um, so we we pretty much raised a budget which was really cool, and we stole all of our equipment from the school, and we didn't steal it, but we, you know, we used it, uh, and we went out for, for four weeks, and we, uh, we did, the, did our first feature film, um, so I've been doing it since then, and, and doing a little stuff here and there, and, and music video stuff, and all that fun jazz, so. And you've worked with uh, Willie Nelson before, right? I have, I, <laughs> I have worked with Willie Nelson before, yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, that's a funny story. We, a friend of mine wrote a screenplay a very long time ago, and they s- somehow, I, through the grapevine, Willie Nelson picked it up. And I got a phone call from our producer who said, like, hey, can you, I got a phone call from him on Thursday. He's like, hey, can you go to Texas on Saturday? And at first I thought it was a joke, and, and literally that Saturday I found myself packing up a, a van full of lots of equipment, and we jumped in a van for with three other guys, and we drove to Texas. Uh, it took us like 72 hours to get down there. Uh, we drove down there, and we pulled up on Willie Nelson's ranch, and we, we made a trailer. Um, and we, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was interesting. We worked with Willie Nelson. I had the chance to play pool with, uh, with Owen Wilson and, and Luke Wilson, which was kind of an a awesome experience, so... <laughs> Sort of. They seem they seem like really down there with guys. Um, I mean, Owen Wilson's a really cool guy. Uh, really, I for some reason I would imagine it was the flip side. No, it's actually everyone says that too. Luke Wilson is unfortunately the not so nice guy of them. Uh, he was a, a total jerk um, when we were over there. Um, but Owen was a really cool guy. He well, really I guess nice. I guess if you look back on it, though, it does make a little bit more sense, because it's like, Luke is the one that always wanted to be an actor, whereas, like, Owen Wilson, if you asked him any day of the week, he'd rather be a writer than an actor. That's very true. And like, I think, looking back, too, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, I personally, I feel that Owen has gotten more success than Luke. I mean, Oh, absolutely, and I'm sure that makes Luke crazy. Yeah, so I'm sure that's that's not helping with the with the relationship there, <laughs> but like it's a, it's actually a shame. Like people people rag on Owen Wilson a little bit, and like whenever anybody hears like oh yeah he wants to be a writer, they kind of laugh because there's like this certain image that I think people have with Owen Wilson. But you know you look at Wes Anderson films, and a lot of people say that after Royal Tenenbaums he hasn't made a good movie, which I disagree with. But still, Royal Tenenbaums was the last one that Owen Wilson co-wrote. See, I I didn't even know Owen Wilson co-wrote that. So yeah, this very, Owen wrote this very moment. Yeah, Owen Wilson co-wrote Rushmore, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, and Bottle Rocket. I I had no idea. That's how much I follow Owen Wilson. I have, yeah. I, I didn't get that Twitter that uh, Twitter feed on that one. So <laughs> now I missed that. <laughs> if people want to check out the movie uh, on November fourth, where is it premiering? 
Uh, well, so the, the film itself is actually premiering at Stockton Campus Center. Uh, it's, it's in a little town in, in Jersey. Um, we're having the premiere and the after party there. Um, they can actually find details of all that very, very soon at, uh, thedescendingmovie.com, um, which they can actually go there now and check out a trailer for the film. Um, and it, we're going to eventually post, uh, premiere details on there. Tickets aren't on sale yet, but hopefully they'll be on sale next week. Um, but they'll be able to, to get tickets and, and come hang out with us for a couple hours, which that doesn't sound exciting at all, but hey, it's a <laughs> night out. So, All right, well, thank you so much, Kyle. Matt, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure, man. No problem. Uh, and the movie is The Descending at thedescendingmovie.com, correct? Thedescendingmovie.com, yep, or they can go to our website at redflightpictures.com as well. All right, uh, we'll be back right after this commercial break. You guys like podcasts? Yeah. With comedy? Sure. With two funny hosts? Yep. About history? Uh, Wonder why everyone who loves you leaves? No. Worried about your tendon health? Uh, you can't wait to hear about Rasputin's death? <gasps> your own death? Oh. Then check out Hysterectomy every week, hosted by Sam Weller and Christian Crosby. That's H-I-S-T-O-R-E-C-T-O-M-1. Only at Crave Online. I better go there right now. We're back with Leslie Andrews, the writer and star of Last Halloween, and Hi. also the star of uh, Sick Girl, which is a very different horror <laughs> film by by uh, every stretch of the imagination. You could say that, yeah. Uh, now, how did you get involved with both of those projects? Uh, well, um, I got involved with Sick Girl because um, I responded to their casting listing. Uh, I guess they had been trying to cast the part of Izzy for about a year. And then um, I sent a link to Eben, the director. Um, I sent him a link of my documentary that was done about me called Death By, which is mm-hmm. about a photo series I do of myself <laughs> dead in absurd positions. <laughs> and um, he didn't know if the documentary was fake or not. He didn't know <laughs> that was really me or I was playing a character. So he uh, emailed me right back and then called me and said, can you please come in for an audition? And I said, sure, absolutely. Um, and I had to be okay with killing kids, peeing on nuns, killing schoolgirls. And I was like, sign me up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Let's do it. So <laughs> I went in and read for him and got the part. And then we uh, started shooting two months after that. So um, that was Sick Girl. And then last Halloween, I actually wrote and starred in. And then my boyfriend, John, directed that. Nice. So it's What's interesting to me about Sick Girl is that it's, it's one of those movies that um, this is going to be either a compliment to you or not, depending on how you take <laughs> you it. You can say whatever you but want. But while watching it, it reminded me a lot of when I watched Pink Flamingos for the first time. Oh, where I, I was, haven't heard that. When I watched Pink Flamingos the first time, I was kind of put off by it. Okay. And was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh, we can say fuck and on this? Yes. Oh, cool. Awesome. And then <laughs> immediately after, like, I, it was one of the, Pink Flamingos was one of the first movies I ever got on Netflix. Okay. Immediately after watching it, I just sealed it back up and was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and within an hour or two, I was kind of pissed off that I had already sealed up the DVD because I wanted to watch it again. Really? And I think Sick Girl has that same level where, like, the first time you're watching the movie, like, like there's no denying it's a small budget film. It's no <laughs> denying. No budget yeah. film. <laughs> we did the best that we could. No, you know, and that's the thing yeah, is that it's very no sin- it's very sincere in what it is, and I think that's what's what struck me the most about that movie is the character that you play is a horrible human being. Yes, but throughout the entire film, it's really trying to make you sympathize with her 
as a person at points. Right. Because you focus so much on her and her brother. Yeah. And and just, I don't know, you get this point in that movie where you're just like, I don't like what she's doing with all these other people. But, but I she like really, her. Yeah, I like her as a, she really cares about her brother. Like, yeah, that's a, um, my mom, my parents actually have seen this movie my dad has a sick girl shirt that he'll wear which is really nice um but my mom who was you know raised i mean she grew, grew up going to catholic school and she's yeah. like the, the sweetest woman just like the nicest lady you'll ever meet and just so innocent and sweet and she watched it and she's like i like her i liked izzy and i was like what did you watch the end like did you see me sodomizing that girl like what and so for my mom to watch the girl and go i liked her like i mean the sodomized scene that you just referred to yes. is definitely the game changer in that movie. I feel like if you're watching that movie, whatever you're already thinking the star rating is, it right. automatically goes up a star <laughs> when that scene happens. <laughs> really? Like if you're sitting and you're like, oh, this is like a two star movie. You're like, no, it's a three-star movie because I've never seen anything like that before in my life. <laughs> um, when we did the screening at the Vista a few years ago, Jonathan from Geekscape was yeah. there, and he, he walked out, and he's like, does anyone else have a boner? Because I do. <laughs> I was just like, that's amazing. He, Thank you, Jonathan. I watched two movies back-to-back through my Netflix, and it was Sick Girl and Black Devil Doll. Oh, no. Which are you just like... <laughs> Which are both incredible. We, yes, we did the um, we did a preview. We well, I think we just ran the trailer of Black Devil Doll before the sick girl screening at the Vista, and there was children in the audience. Um, and so I was like, oh no, <laughs> Black Devil Doll. I just you can't get better than that. Well, actually, you can. Have you seen a Serbian film? No. Oh wow. Okay. Um, Jonathan was actually telling me a story where he went to a party and he saw this girl that looked really familiar and he kept talking to her and he's like, "Are you sure?" She's like, "Yeah, I act." He's like, "Well, what have you been?" And she's like, "Ah, oh, it's nothing you'd know." He's like, "No, seriously, what have you been?" And she goes, "I was in this little film called Black Devil Doll," <laughs> and he's like, "I lost my shit." He's like, <laughs> "It's so, so good. Like that movie's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so over the top." But that's why it's and it works as it works really well as a double feature with Sick Girl because it's yes. two completely different types of ridiculous. Right, right. There's there's ridiculous born in being a black exploitation. Yes. To the point of almost racist. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. And yeah. then the and flip side is really gritty, realistic, but dark as hell. Sick Girl. But they kind of complement each other really well in a double feature. Yeah, um, and and the fact that Black Devil is the self-aware. Do you yeah. mean they know, they know exactly what they're doing and and why they're doing it, which but which I think is great. The same time, it works in that tone. I don't think Sick Girl would have worked if it was too self-aware. Right, right. Like like as much as as much as I enjoy a good self-aware horror film, there there's definitely a time and place, and I think Sick Girl would have not benefited from it being a lot of winking at the camera. Yeah, no, 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 like, no. No. Like uh-uh. you had to play that character realistically, which yeah. you did. Thank Very you. much so. Thank but you. I actually am a bigger fan of of the short film. Of Last um, Halloween. Last Halloween oh, I've thank watched you. about three or four times. I Oh really? Um because really we it. we've been trying to submit it to festivals and it um we got into the Rhode Island Clickers Festival. Mm-hmm. And then last week after we did a screening at the Downtown Independent Theater in Los Angeles, we decided to just put it online for anybody to watch. So it's on YouTube right now. Um but I was really excited because it was the first thing that I've written that actually we I actually got to make and actually see 
Um, and then I also did the special effects. So I was really nervous about that because I've always done them on myself. Like I can make yeah. myself a zombie, but then having to do do it on somebody else and uh, was was really nerve wracking. So I'm glad that it kind of. I think it looks realistic. I think it came out well. It, it works I think really it's well. Good. <laughs> um, so I was really happy with how it turned out. And it, it at first I was like, oh, I think they gave away the twist in uh, here, and then they didn't. Yeah. And I won't explain that at all. Good, good. But, uh, but did you? You got it right. I some got people, it. Okay, awesome. Okay, no, you, I got you're it. there. You're <laughs> you're right there. Okay. No, I was like, this is awesome, and it. It's, Thank you. Uh, the biggest compliment I can give it is that it it felt like it could have easily worked into what I think is the best horror movie of the decade, Trick or Treat. As <gasps> oh, part of, of I love Trick or Treat. Part, it could have easily been a little oh. five minute piece of Trick or Treat. Thank you. And I I think that you know it's it's a hard it's a horror film that's disguised as a relationship. Yes. Breakdown. Yes. And I think that's what's the most brilliant piece of it is that I remember watching it. I'm looking at the time running out and I'm like, this is like, is it just called last Halloween? Cause it's based on Halloween, like, right, the, right. like the holiday Halloween. Yeah, they're having the Halloween party. And it's that horror twist that's mm-hmm. horrific. And there's, there's so many questions that come to mind cool. of like, well, how much does this girl know? Like, right. Right. And it's like, that's kind of what's fun about it. Is, yeah, I was trying to figure out if is, she was kind of in on it. Yeah, or... if she knew what he was doing or she's just misunderstanding what he's doing. Right. And it, I think that that makes some of the best horror films. There, when you when there is that question of how involved are these other people? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the first time you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love that Where movie. you think that everything's okay. She's made it to the gas station and then, yeah. oh mm-hmm. no, they're part of it too. Like, Oh yeah, the dad's in on it that, too. I remember when I first saw that movie, I was maybe in high school and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this movie's kind of short and like it didn't even click in my head that that was going to be a twist. Okay. Like, And I, I miss those days of horror films that are that well-crafted in just the the curveball. Right, right. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's, I, I've ranked it I consider it the best horror film ever. Mm-hmm. I, I very sincerely think it is so atmospheric and so eerie. And and what it did for the horror genre. Oh, absolutely. It just, absolutely. And a lot of people shit on uh, House of a Thousand Corpses for mm. being a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff, but I enjoy the hell out of that movie too because of the atmosphere. I think that's in its whole other... Yeah. <laughs> it's in its own category. I, it's after I'm, Satan. I'm like, well, what the, the hell is going on here? Because I was on, <laughs> it was on the other night and I was like, what? It, it, it was, it's just... Yeah, it's in its own its own thing. It's, well, I was... um. It's really fun though, but... All, all month I've been doing a uh, horror movie review a day on my okay. blog. And I post them on Reddit and I post on all these different sites. And the one that got the most views was House of a Thousand Corpses. Really? And it turned into this giant discussion where a bunch of people said the same thing that I've been saying for years, which is, yes, it's not the best Rob Zombie movie. It's not his best directing. It's not his best writing. But it's still the one that I watch the most because it's the one that I'm most drawn into. It's Mm. the one that I enjoy sitting with because I get it. Devil's Rejects is a brilliant script and it's brilliantly directed. But I don't have nearly as much fun watching, watching it as I it. do when I watch House of a Thousand Corpses. And it, my my argument is, like, anybody who is directing their first horror movie that's as big of a horror buff as mm-hmm, Rob Zombie would have mm-hmm. made the exact same movie. Right. It would have been gritty. It would have been strange. It would yeah. have had lots of references to the other horror movies yeah. that they loved. 
and it would have had that strange handheld static mm-hmm. like I think that there's so much of an atmosphere and a brilliant camera right. choice right. in that movie that it it deserves a lot more credit than it's ever gotten. Yeah. But yes, Devil's Rejects re- is a better movie. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Devil's Rejects. I went and saw it um, at the Beverly Center mm-hmm. when they had a theater. The theater's not there anymore, but the the screen is literally like the size of people's television, you know, in their living room. <laughs> and it's, like, it's just you, it, the, the experience of going into that small theater and it, alone is bizarre and weird. Yeah. And then you go and you watch Devil's Rejects, and it was just it, I I thought it was a great movie. I love Sherry Moon. And I think Rob Zombie is just underrated as a brilliant... He's got such a versatile style. His cartoon, I think, is awesome. Have you not seen no, his? No, I he haven't. Did a What's car- his cartoon? He did a cartoon called The Haunted World of El Superbisto. And it's a full-length animated film uh, starring Sherry Moon and Brian Posehn and Paul Giamatti. When did he do it? Uh, about a year or two really? ago. Really? And it's okay. the backstory of Doctor Satan. Oh, but it's okay. done as like a it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon with just lots of gore and, and tits. Okay, I, want, it's I gotta see that. Brilliant. Okay, one of the funniest films I think I've seen in years. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact that he can do something like House of a Thousand Corpses yeah. and then do Devil's Rejects, which has a lot more relation to say Bonnie and Clyde right, than it has anything right. to do with horror films. And then a cartoon. And, like, yeah. And then, and then redo Halloween. He did. He redid Halloween and, you know, it gets a lot of flack, but it's still a better remake than half the other remakes that have come Re- out. In better remake years. than Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> or Friday the... Th- or Friday... Oh my God. The Friday the 13th one is... Oh, I... I why? I go, I why liked, did I come I, to see I this? Didn't, I didn't hate why? the Friday the 13th one. No. And here's my, re- here's my reasoning why. Friday the 13th, the remake didn't feel so much like a remake to me it's I, just a really bad sequel and that was why i could accept it okay. whereas nightmare on elm street was a direct remake and it destroyed it was everything that yeah. was good about yeah. Nightmare on elm street like friday the 13th kind of at least can exist within it's the realm on. of all the other films or it can exist in its own and it yeah. doesn't affect anything that's why that's why i'm a, I, i'm a little bit more forgiving towards it okay i still don't think it's a good movie no but it had a solid, like, the first 10 minutes I really enjoyed of the Friday the 13th remake. Did you? Which was more than any amount of <laughs> minutes I liked. I'm weed I... plants. <laughs> what? what is this? What am I watching? Listen, <laughs> it's still better than New Beginning, or I don't like the one where it's Jason versus Carrie. I know a lot of people like that one. I have I not that seen one. that one. Uh, Thank well, it's God. The, the New Blood or whatever. Okay, uh-uh. I think the best Friday Thirteenth movie is Jason Lives, and most people don't seem to want to back me up on that. Really, one. I love that's, that one. That's your favorite because <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so tongue in cheek. It's so self referential. Like right. that one and the first two are first like two the are only. Uh, I'll be fair. The first four I can what at is, least watch. Was it Jason Five on the boat? No, that's eight. eight. That's eight. That was yeah. eight. Eight's pretty bad. <laughs> five. Five's the one with no Jason. <laughs> Five's the one that has the worst twist in horror history. <laughs> okay, five is like Halloween three. But I like Halloween three. Because <laughs> it's bizarre. Hall- it's- Halloween three is a fun, bizarre, strange has, film. Right, but has nothing, nothing to do, to do no. whatsoever. Well, Friday Thirteenth has a Jason character, but it's not Jason. Right. Yeah. So it's almost worse than than, than, than Halloween, Halloween three. three. Like Halloween three, at least wasn't pretending that it was. A Halloween movie per se. Even though it was 
called? Well, Halloween 3? I don't know. It, John Carpenter always said his idea for the franchise was that he wanted Halloween not to be about a specific person, but to okay. be a series of films about horrible things happening on, on Halloween. Halloween. Okay, got but it. But after that one did so poorly, it was just like, okay, well, <laughs> Michael Myers. Michael Myers quick. Which is, I, I don't know how true this story is, but I heard a story that when Rob Zombie was asked to do the remake, uh-huh. he actually talked to John Carpenter and was like, I don't know, like your film's a classic, blah, 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 blah. And John Carpenter was like, Dude, I don't own the rights to that character. Any like, oh. I own nothing related to that character. Okay. There's nothing you can do that will be worse than half the sequels that have come okay. out. Okay, and it's like that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, at least he did his own him, thing. Yeah, because I still I can watch thing. I can watch Rob Zombie's remake more than I can watch like The Curse of Michael Myers right. or the one with Buster Rhymes. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Or Halloween H two O. I like Halloween H two O. Do you? At least it doesn't have Buster Rhymes boxing Michael Myers in a fire. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love. I just. I love horror movies so much. Yeah. No. This is. There's a friend of mine, Matt Blackwood, who made a comment the other day about how like October's the greatest month because yeah. everyone else is just as psyched about horror movies as everyone. Yeah, as like horror fans are yes. the rest of the it's year. It's like the only time <laughs> you can be super nerdy as you want to be about horror movies yeah. or dressing up as a dead person or do whatever you want, like super creepy stuff. And it's completely accepted because it's the month of Halloween. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest of the year, you're just a total creep. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what got you into horror films first? Um... That would be my dad. Uh, <laughs> when I was four, I watched Ghoulies. and nice. Yeah, and fell in love with the green monster that pops out of the toilet. <laughs> he was my favorite. So from four on, I've just absolutely been obsessed with horror movies. I was I was thinking about myself a couple months ago of like what got me into this. And yeah. I remember as a kid, I was terrified of watching horror movies. Like I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to do it. But I had had a grandfather who had all the old Universal films that oh. I used to watch. So, like, I grew up on, like, the original oh, Frankenstein yeah, and Wolfman, Wolfman. And that, to me, was all horror was for mm-hmm. the longest time until my cousins made me watch Scream. Oh, okay. And Scream just opened up this doorway of just, like, I need to see everything. And luckily, I lived within a walking distance of a mom and pop shop. Nice. And I would just nice. read Basket Case oh, and like nice. Trauma films and like yeah. all those really strange ones. Yeah. Just because I just wanted to see whatever I could get my hands right, on. Right, right. I think that that's what's, there's that, there's that obsessiveness yeah. with horror fans. Like there's a, you know, I have sequels to, I have sequels that I hate. I have every <laughs> Halloween movie on DVD. Do you? Even though I only like maybe three, three? of them. Yeah, I used to But I'm just them. like, I have to have them all. I have every right. Howling film. Do you? There's not a good Howling movie <laughs> except for maybe the first and the third. And I have all of them. Yeah. But I should say that uh, Star of Howling 2, <laughs> so, uh, Sybil Denning, will mm-hmm. be on the St. Mort Show live panel at Kamikaze in November, That's which exciting. you apparently also will be at. Yes, apparently I will be too. <laughs> um, um, but I'm very I, excited I, for that. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved doing kind of panels or conventions or anything, and um, I'm rarely asked, so it's very <laughs> exciting to be asked to do it. But I think that um, horror movies also definitely messed me up. As oh, a kid, totally. yeah. I mean, just I, I cannot like as soon as I come home, I have to, I check behind my shower curtain and under my bed. Like, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like, I'm convinced that somebody will be waiting in my apartment to murder me, I and will, I feel like I that is a residual you, effect of being obsessed with horror movies as a kid. I'll have to show you a blog that I wrote that was uh, 
it was called Why My Childhood Was Never Normal. <laughs> and it's the top 10 horror films that fucked me up for life. Okay. And one of them is that I can't swim at yes, night yes, anymore no. because of the movie Alligator. Oh. Where they push a little kid in the pool and he gets eaten by an alligator. Yeah. So I just can't, if I can't see the bottom of the water, I can't go in. Terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Jaws terrified Oh, Jaws ruined beaches, period. It doesn't matter night or day, I won't go into the ocean. Absolutely terrifying. Even pools. Like, it even ruined swimming pools for me. For some reason, I thought a shark could be at the bottom of a swimming pool. It just, it freaked. I thought that my floor, when I was little, I thought my floor was going to open up at night. And then it was going to become an ocean. And Jaws was going to come out and eat me. That is the weirdest (laughs) version of the floor is lava I've ever heard. (laughs) It was terrible. I also, just recently, uh, one that fucked me up. uh, Directed by who I think is probably the best new horror director. Human Centipede 2. No. Okay. (laughs) Can we talk about that? Uh, Adam Green's Frozen. Oh, I don't want to go skiing for me. I will never go skiing. (laughs) I don't have any interest whatsoever to ever be on a ski lift for the rest of my life. Yeah, brilliant. Because of that movie. Adam Green has made, what's it, four movies now that are all completely different and every single one of them is amazing. Yeah. Which Um, I just think is a phenomenal track record for for a young director. Like Hatchet was the most fun I'd had watching a horror movie in a long time when I saw that movie. Because it was just like, this is someone who grew up watching, like, the old Jason movies and right, gets it. Right, like, right. Yeah, which is nice. Which is really nice to see, like, just people who get it. Because I, I don't... That's the thing. Movies like, now are awful. They, people don't understand the different things of what's scary and, like, how you need to have humor. Like, mm-hmm. I think humor in horror is an extremely important thing. Because it makes the scares more scary. Right. When you they put happen. people in a yeah. comfortable spot where they're laughing and chuckling, yep. and, and then, then when you something scare happens, the shit out of them. yeah. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is then there's a movie that I remember a lot of people were shitting on, but I love The Strangers. That was terrifying. Because to there me. was no musical score. Exactly. They let everything play out. And you got naturally. to feel how you wanted to feel. Yeah. Instead of now, where I, I was just talking about this the other day. Um, with my boyfriend because we're watching The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. And I hated last season. I mean, just because I'm yeah. such a big fan of the comic. And I, I just, there's so many good story points in the comic that are not in yeah. the TV show. And the, the, melodramatic, the melodramatic music kills me. Yeah. Because I'm like, I get that this scene is sad. I do not need you to tell me how to feel. And so it's like, if you don't, if you don't have that and you just take that away... And especially because the strangers, it's just the silence yeah. and the isolation of that house, and then the I just ah, uh, and then the fact that you get to see them, like when she's crawling through the grass, and you get to see them interacting with each other, yeah. and, and the mat, like just everything about that movie was. I, ugh. I remember when I first saw that trailer, and the guy just walks out, and there was no loud musical note or anything i was like this movie is exactly what i've been wanting to see right because even if you look at like texas chainsaw massacre which we were talking about earlier there's really not that much musical cues in there no there's strange noises yes yes the strain like that that kind of stuff which is great and even that like i mean um because i was a, a really big ebay nerd when i was in high school and uh, so I was just constantly, like, any money I had for my job, I would be spending on bizarre things about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Ed yeah. Gein. So I bought a VHS documentary called The Family Portrait about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which was Massacre. actually really kind of boring. I was yeah, really disappointed by that documentary. Except for the fact that I thought it was great that Gunnar Hansen didn't let them see what Leatherface was going to look like until yeah. they started shooting. So they would actually be scared to death of him. 
Because yeah. they had no idea what this Leatherface guy was going to look like. You know so, what the problem is with Family Portrait, I think, is that now it's kind of obsolete with DVD. Because right. everything that's interesting in that documentary, you get in the commentary track. Yeah. So I remember watching it after already hearing the commentary track. Yeah. And I was like, there is nothing new. And yeah. it's not really well shot for a documentary. No. When I was, but when I was <laughs> like, 16 watching it, I yeah. was like, this is cool. You know, because I got to just the fact that the, the behind the scenes stuff about learning about like the dinner scene yeah. and how long it took them to shoot that because it was in 100 degree Texas heat and all the meat was rotting on the table and they were all throwing up in between takes. <laughs> like just stuff like that I found absolutely fascinating. My favorite story of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh Gunnar Hansen talks about on the commentary track how he didn't know he he went up to Toby and was like how are we going to do the scene where I, where I cut my leg with the chainsaw yeah and Toby said oh don't worry about it. it's the last thing that we're going to film and he's like and in my head I thought oh because we're going to work on how we'll do the special effect and he goes and then I realized that no what he meant was it's okay because if you get hurt all of your other footage has already <laughs> been shot <laughs> like, and, that's great. Oh and, no! <laughs> and like the so horror, well, and like the horror stories of like they didn't know how to take a chain off of a chainsaw. The, yeah, they didn't know how to pull off the special effects. So that hook, like Ugh. that girl's got a little tiny rope that she just had to hope and pray, pray. that Gunner got it right. Yeah, like, yeah. And I loved that when it was first released. You know, all of those were cutaway shots. Like you didn't yeah. actually get to see her be, being put on the hook because they wanted the audience mind to fill it in, which is something I miss too about horror movies. I like the the idea that they shot that movie convinced that they had a PG movie on yeah. their hands. They were they did everything that they could to guarantee a PG rating, and they didn't get it. Yeah. And you know, we were just talking about PG thirteen horror movies and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and it's like you can do it well. You can right. do a good. I right. mean, Jaws is a PG movie. Yeah, but it's scary it's as hell. Still terrifying. If you know how to set up a scene and create an atmosphere, you don't need lots of gore. You don't need lots of cursing right, or any of that right. stuff. If you're good with a camera and good with a story. Yeah. But you know, now it's a PG thirteen movie is mostly talking down to its audience too mm -hmm. much. Yeah, I, I think majority of, yeah. of movies that are being released right now are true are, uh, i'm, I'm are speaking the horror genre down. in general but yeah, yeah yeah i mean even the most of the r-rated horror movies yeah. lately have been talking down to the audience yeah. but i don't know it, it's it's bad that maybe once a year or twice a year i'll see a new horror film that i go that you like wow like that was really good that was really fun like the most recent one that i watched i was just like that was a lot of fun was um Hobo with a Shotgun. I love that movie. It was just a blast. Love that movie. I just watched Red State. It was not a blast. Okay, I haven't even, seen Red State yet. Uh -huh. I find it very difficult to call it a horror movie. Okay. Um, It starts off very promising. First 20 minutes, totally a horror movie. Then, then the next hour is just the religious guy talking, giving oh. speeches, and a 45-minute gunshot, a oh. gunfight. Okay. And it's kind of, it feels more like a Coen Brothers okay. movie than a horror movie. Right. And it's just kind of, you watch it and you go, wow, this movie would have worked just as well as a 30-minute short film. Okay. Because um, it's just so, it, the way I described it was, hmm. if Devil's Rejects was just the first 10 minutes for the whole movie. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got ya. Okay. Um, the last horror movie I saw was at the Alamo Draft House two weeks mm -hmm. ago, and it was Human Centipede 2. Did you see Human Centipede? I've seen Human Centipede. I've heard Human Centipede 2... You're either gonna love, love it, what they did or, or go, 
my favorite review is my friend wrote a review that just said he didn't like it. Okay. And his opening line, but he liked the first one. His opening line was, is it too soon to say the magic's gone? Okay. See, I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think Tom Six is is just, first of all, it's in black and white. I, I knew about, I is, know a lot about which it. Which is I've great. Yeah. I've heard about the things that happen. The lead, And, and Martin, I don't want to spoil anything right. with the pregnant girl, but I've heard all yeah. the stuff that happens there. Okay. Um, <laughs> the lead, the guy that plays Martin. Yeah. Um, he should win an Oscar. That's my <laughs> that's my opinion. I want to say that Human Centipede Two should be nominated in all categories. He does not say a word the entire film. I can promise you, you were the only person oh, that's throwing that out there. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. He does not say a word the entire film. It is phenomenal. He oh, it's so good, so good. Like I just I can't even. It just you think that it it just pushes all boundaries of where you think that you know things could go because the first one is kind of it does not show it's anything. kind of bland really it, it doesn't you know what i mean it, it's it doesn't show anything and then the the second one oh it shows everything <laughs> it shows everything and more which is i just i thought it was i thought it was great i think that everybody should go see <laughs> son of me too that's all i have to say and have you seen drive i have not <gasps> i'm told that i have to see it because it's like a perfect like grindhouse like I've seen gritty it three times um well the other one i haven't seen that I want to get around the scene because everyone's telling me to see um, Attack the Block. Phenomenal. And movie. Uh, Tucker and Dale. Oh, okay. I just heard about, yeah, whatever. I just heard about the Tucker and Dale. But uh, Attack the Block, favorite summer movie. It was, is what I Paul think. Paul Shear said the exact same thing. Every American movie should be. Uh, Drive, favorite movie of 2011. It's just you have to see it in a theater because I, I watch on a screener I need, first. I need and to then see I, something because yeah. I was, I'm was i trying to watch as many films from this because I've only seen about 20 films that came out this year. Okay. And I write up, for Geekscape, I write up the top 10 of the year for different lists and stuff. Okay. And I was like, I need to see some more stuff it's, because the thing is, my number one movie right now, okay. while I like it, it's not a movie that wowed me. And that's that's where I'm at right now where it's like, I haven't seen anything that made me go, holy crap, I need to watch this again, like, right away. It's Drive's going to make you do right. that. Because it, because it's, right now, Super is my number one. Okay. And I like it, and I love James Gunn, but I don't even know if I see, you know, like, I haven't seen I haven't seen Drive, I haven't seen Attack the Block yet, I haven't seen The People vs. George Lucas, I haven't seen any of these movies that are probably a lot more likely to start pushing right. this down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drive was made for people to see in the theater. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. so cinematically beautiful and the score is phenomenal. Every shot is gorgeous. And I mean, if I don't know anybody that doesn't want to fuck Ryan Gosling, but if they don't want to fuck him they after this now. movie, I mean, I just, oh my God. Like he is every girl's <laughs> dream. Like he, oh, so amazing. Um, But just, oh, it's so, I can't get over drive. It's just so beautiful. The sound is great. I think everybody should see this movie. It's just, ah, oh, it's just, the font. I love the font. It's just. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. About <laughs> it's just like, oh it's, oh, it's great. It's just everything about it is what you want a movie to be. Do you know what I mean? You just want to go into that theater and you want to have that experience where you're just completely like enraptured and closed in everything that is going on. And it's so violent, which you don't get to see. You know, you don't know how violent it is in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, it's so violent and so great <laughs> and so creepy at the same time. It's just everything is perfect. Yeah, movie. I keep hearing so much. I, I'm very excited to actually see it. Yeah, I'd be interested in what you what your <laughs> review is after you see it. If it doesn't, you know, blow you yeah. away and you want to see it again right away. <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, having sure me we'll, on. We will certainly have you back at some point, thank I'm sure. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be back right after this commercial break. This is a special birthday message to my friend and occasional lover, Matt Carey. Matt, though we've only spent a little time together, I feel I know you so well. Whenever I'm down, you pick me up. You get me. You hold me. You fuck dot 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 well, you do a lot for me. On this, your belated birthday message, I want to get inside of you for a change and say Happy birthday, always yours, comedy. I'm very excited to introduce one of my idols that I'll get to play with, much like I did with John Fogarty a couple weeks ago. The one, the only, Nick Cave. I was working in my lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight When my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash He did the monster mash He did the mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash He caught on in a flash He did the mash he did the monster mash By the poorest glory of the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast Goose all came from their humble abode To get a joke from Bionetro Did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They caught ass They caught on in a flash They did the mash It's now the monster mash The zombies were having fun the party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor all chains back by great hounds. The coffee bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group. The crib keeper found they could mash. And you can monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They the mash. Now the monster mash Out of his coffin Drag's voice did ring Seemed he was troubled by just one thing He opened his lid And shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist And you can mash And you can monster mash You can mash It was a graveyard smash It's a smash He caught on in a flash And you can mash It's now the monster mash Now everything's cool Drag's a part of the band the mash, it's a hit of the land For you the leering, this mash was meant to And when you get to my door, tell him Nick Cave sent you You can mash, and you can monster mash The monster mash, it was a graveyard smash It was a smash, it caught on in a flash And you can mash, and you can monster mash Wow, monster mash, wow Monster mash, wow Master Mashwalu. Master Mashwalu. Thank you for coming by, Nick. Chico's Vibe, play us out.